0: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
1: Hello and welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I am Movie Mike on Twitter and Instagram, at Mike Destro, and it's been a crazy time for all of us right now. I feel like I've come on here every week and it's been just a little bit different and a little bit more and more, and it's just crazy to look back. Even just two weeks ago where I was still optimistic I'd be able to go to the movie theater, and as of even as of last week, movie theaters were still open, but now... Everything's closed. Movies are moving to streaming, and in a world where there's a lot more serious issues going on, maybe movies don't sound like the thing on everybody's mind right now, but I do a movie podcast. I feel we maybe need a break from ourselves and from the news, and to be honest, a lot of us are spending all our time at home right now, so as we deal with you know social distancing and being quarantined, Everybody's at home watching movies or finding ways to occupy their time. So I'm still going to spend this podcast talking about movies. And on this episode in particular, I'll be talking about my movie watch playlist for this quarantine time. I'm going to have my top five franchises. So movies that I think if you're looking for something to binge, it's worth watching all these movies under this franchise. I picked my top five. And then I'll also be reviewing the Netflix party experience. So it's this extension essentially you get for your computer where you can watch Netflix with somebody else. So I'll explain my experience with that. And also I'm going to start reviewing my top 10 movies of all time. So I'll start with number 10 today. And every single week I'll just kind of give you a review of a movie that's older, not in theaters now, obviously. And um, something you could probably check out whether it's streaming online or renting it, but I'm just going to do my top five, mo- 10 movies. Sorry. And then I'll give my review and then I'll get into some movie news at the end of the episode, which pretty much is that everything is postponed or being put out straight online. So I'll give you a kind of an outlook of what you can watch at home new this week. And also what's kind of going on with movies going forward. Cause it's going to be crazy. So, That's what was on the menu for this episode. Thanks to everybody for checking out the podcast and I hope you all are staying safe and keeping a positive mindset during this time. And hopefully movies are a way for you to kind of distract yourself a bit when you're at home. So, and this podcast is just going to be for that, for talking about movies and knowing that we're all in this together. It's crazy and strange times we're living in right now. It's hit me pretty hard, but I think for me, just being able to still watch movies and kind of take myself away from all that for a little bit has been a little bit of comfort. So hope it is for you guys too. And if you don't mind um, recommending somebody who needs a new podcast to listen to and looking for movie recommendations right now, let them know about the podcast. If they want to subscribe, that's cool. If you want to leave a review and leave that five-star rating, that helps me out too. But with all that said, let's just get into this week's episode. Here we go.
0: In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast. One man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast.
1: All right, so on this episode, I am doing my quarantine movie watch list, and I have included my top five franchises which basically means movies with, uh, in this case, five or more movies that you can binge watch. Since you're spending more time at home right now, if you want to dive into something maybe you haven't seen before, or maybe you haven't seen every single movie in the series, I'll give my top recommendations for that. Some of these I've gone back and watched recently, and other ones have just been in my head and just as my favorites of all time. So I'll explain why they're my favorites, where you can watch them. And which are just the best in, in the franchise with this series. So, starting with number five, I went with the Harry Potter movie. So the kind of way I rank these also is because the availability to watch these online. Some of them are on a streaming service where you can watch every single movie on this, and some of these you have to rent. So it's a bit more of a commitment for those that are you can only rent because that ends up being like maybe two dollars here, three dollars here, and that adds up. So the reason I put Harry Potter at number five, the entire franchise has eight movies, but none of them are streaming anywhere because it's Warner Brothers. But Warner Brothers doesn't really have a streaming service right now and they don't have a deal with any streaming company. So to watch all eight Harry Potter movies, you essentially have to rent each of them on Amazon and they're like two bucks each. Um, If you have Sling TV, you can probably watch them on there for free, but I encourage you just to check your cable provider because some places that let you watch your cable online, they have some of the Harry Potter movies on there. So that's another option too when checking out um, some of these movies. But another website I recommend is justwatch.com, which is a website I use where you can type in any single movie you want to watch. And it'll tell you where you can watch it to stream for free or where you can rent it. And it also gives you prices for every different service. So moving on this list, if I refer to that site, just know that that's the movie uh, website I use justwatch.com. And it tells you how much it is at each place and where you can watch it. But I love the Harry Potter movies. I think I like them so much because I kind of grew up with Harry Potter. Like the same time those movies were coming out, I was the same age that they were in the movie. And I, I never really got fully into the books. I think I kind of missed a train on that because by the time the movies came out, I think everybody in my like grade had already read them. And I was kind of <laughs> like late on that. But the movies kind of just hit me in a way where like, okay, I kind of identify with these characters as just because they're relatively my age and i just think they're really great well done movies um the first two are probably my favorite harry potter and the sorcerer's stone and the chamber of secrets just because i feel those have the best kind of standalone vibe out of all of them those stories kind of set the entire franchise up for if you don't like those first two if you're watching this And you don't like those first two, you're probably not going to like the rest of them. And if you're looking to watch something, probably with the entire family, I think it's a great one you can all watch together. So I put at number five is Harry Potter. You're a wizard, Harry. At number four, I feel is one of the most iconic comic book characters of all time and really just one of the most iconic movie characters of all time. There's been many interpretations of him and many kind of movies where they either got it right or didn't get it quite so right. But I still feel it's so iconic that I have to put it at number four with over 17 movies. I'm talking about Batman. Now, the thing about Batman is there's a lot of great Batman movies and there's a lot of not so great Batman movies. But what I wanted to include is just the entire franchise as far as the 17 like real major motion pictures of Batman because there's a lot of other side movies and movies that didn't really hit theaters the way that these other ones did. But what I have on my list are really the top ones that I think kind of define the genre and you could probably skip all the other ones to be honest. So I put the Batman from 1989 with Michael Keaton. Batman Returns also with Michael Keaton. And then Batman Forever with Val Kilmer is probably the only one you need to watch from the 90s. And then, of course, the Dark Knight series, which started in 2005 with Christian Bale and really kind of took Batman to a whole different level. That started in 2005. And then you have the Dark Knight in 2008, which is not only one of the best comic book movies of all time, but really one of the greatest movies of all time, in my opinion. And then you have the Dark Knight Rises in 2012, which I thought was a bit of an underrated movie because I really love Bane in that movie. I thought he was a really great character. And even at the time when that came out, I almost felt he was a better villain than Joker in the previous one, just because I felt he was a lot more unstoppable. Overall, I think the movie wasn't as good, but I really liked Tom Hardy as Bane in that movie. And I know, looking back now, I do see Joker as more iconic and The Dark Knight is a better movie, but I think that was a great follow-up to that and an end to that Dark Knight series. And then I also want to throw in Joker into the mix of this, because... Even though Batman is never really in it, I still feel it fits the feel of the Dark Knight series and it kind of goes into where Batman is kind of going now. It sticks in that kind of darker tone of Batman, which I love. I think the darker, grittier Batman is the way to go. The other movies, which kind of got more comic booky and didn't really do as well because they kind of <laughs> went a little too cartoony and you have Arnold Schwarzenegger shouting out one-liners about being Mr. Freeze. I thought those weren't as strong, but I feel Joker kind of fits in with this as far as the Batman franchise. So, at number four, I'm going with Batman. And another reason why is because you can really only watch two of these movies on Netflix. So, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight are the only ones you can stream on Netflix. The rest you'll have to rent on Amazon or Apple. But again, just check out that website, justwatch.com, to get the cheapest prices on that. Why so serious, And at number three, I have to go with Star Wars. Now, I still don't consider myself a Star Wars fan. I feel like to be a true Star Wars fan, you have to be all in it and have a lot more knowledge about this franchise. I really didn't get into it until Star Wars The Force Awakens came out. That was the first one I ever saw in theaters, which, of course, Star Wars was before my time. Of course, the original ones came out in the 70s and 80s and then the prequel trilogy came out in 99 and i was still like in elementary school so i never really got into those movies it wasn't until i saw the force awakens where i was like you know what i think i actually might be interested in this and i went back and watched all the original movies from the start and i was kind of blown away like oh man i really did miss out on something but i just never felt comfortable enough to call myself a big star wars fan i would still say that i love the movies for what And how iconic they are because I get it now why it's such a big thing and why there's so much Star Wars merch and why people love these movies so much. I think what kind of drew me off and turned me off from the series was the fact that whenever a new Star Wars movie came out, I would just see so much hate about it about like really passionate fans who people who claim to be Star Wars fans. And they pretty much only gave the reasons why they hated the movie. And that kind of made me like sour to the idea of being a Star Wars fan because I don't want to hate the new movies because I I don't agree with them being as good as the originals. I think whenever you're introduced to anything new, you're going to compare it to what you know. So even like with new music, you're going to always like the music from an artist whenever you first got into them and whenever it meant the most to you. Same with thing with movies and franchises. Whenever you first watch that first movie from a franchise, say when you're a kid it's going to hit you different. And then those are going to be your favorite movies throughout probably your entire life. And anything that comes out new, you're going to challenge it and say, well, it's not as good as the originals. But really what you're saying is not as good as the time when I got into this. So for me, I got into it with The Force Awakens and I loved the new movies. I loved every single one in Solomon Theaters. And then going back and watching the old ones, I kind of had a more respect for them. And even though they look More like old school. Sometimes I still forget that those came out in the 70s. Because they were so far ahead of their time. Even with the special effects. I get some of the scenes. Of the fight scenes are a little rough. Where it looks a little weird. But overall I think they did a really good job. At making those movies timeless. Of course the technology wasn't the best. But I still think those movies hold up. As far as they didn't use a whole lot of just straight on. Like CGI. Some of it was just real a lot of it is real puppets and real sets so it makes it look like it's not from the 70s but uh, my favorites I think my overall my favorite movies in the franchise were A New Hope the very first one and then The Force Awakens which was the one that kind of turned me on to the entire franchise and then probably back to the originals Return of the Jedi I really liked how that one just kind of kicked off straight into action and at that point you know all the characters I think my favorite one still though is A New Hope just because you kind of get introduced to all the characters and you see how iconic they all are. It's kind of cool seeing them on screen for the first time. And I like that Those movies are really surrounded about with R2D2 and C3PO. And I think later in the franchise, those characters kind of get pushed away a little bit. And I think it's just kind of cool seeing all that stuff from the very beginning. So if you haven't seen the star Wars movies, They are pretty much all available on Disney Plus to stream, and I recommend that you watch them all in the order that they came out. I know some people like to watch episode one, two, and three, which are actually actually the prequels first, but I don't think that really makes sense. That's not the way George Lucas intended these to be seen, because I think it was very bold for him to put out the first movie of Star Wars and call it Star Wars Episode 4, and I bet it was confusing at that time. And even now people think like, why am I going to watch episode four before I watch one, two, and three? I think that's the way they were meant to be watched. So I would stand by that of watching them all in order. You also have some side movies, some standalone movies that are kind of prequels and come into other places in time of the star Wars timeline, which were rogue one, which I really liked and star Wars, a star Wars story, which I didn't think it was super great. The story wasn't all the way there. I just didn't think it was a great prequel, even though Donald Glover, who's one of my favorite actors, was in it. I just didn't really love that one, but still kind of cool to see the prequel to the story. And if you try really hard, you could probably get through all these in maybe a solid weekend. So that's why I put Star Wars at number three. These aren't the droids you're looking for. At number two in my quarantine movie playlist, I'm going to have to put one that's not a particular franchise but a director. And I feel like he's kind of a franchise in himself and that he's put out so many movies that have been such an impact on just the way movies get made and the way storytelling is and overall will go down as one of the greatest directors of all time. I'm talking about Quentin Tarantino, one of my favorite directors And he's put out 10 movies where that he's just straight on been the director for. So I feel like going through and just kind of binging through all his movies. If you haven't seen them is a great time to do right now. now they are a little bit heavier. I'll give you that. Um, It's a lot of violence. It's some tough stories. It's some tough things to watch sometimes, but he makes movies for movie lovers like us. Like the quality of a movie that he has is just so high from how he shoots everything to the the details he goes into the story to what the power of just the way he uses the camera movements and what's on screen and foreshadow. There's just so much in the movies that you can really dive into. And I don't think there's any director out there that, you can watch a movie and know that he directed it. Like a Quentin Tarantino movie feels like a Quentin Tarantino movie from the soundtrack to the characters, to the character names, to like the references in between, to anything like the way he presents food in movies. Like sometimes you'll watch a Quentin Tarantino movie and it'll be a guy eating a slice of pie and somehow that pie is iconic. So even stuff like that is just super... Quentin Tarantino. So running through his movies starting back in 1992, which is first one, you got Reservoir Dogs, then Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill 1 and 2, then you got Death Proof, which is part of the Grindhouse series, and then you got Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained, The Hateful 8, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was his latest and tenth movie. And from these movies, you can watch about four of them on Netflix. The Hateful 8 is on there, Kill Bill 1 and 2, and Inglorious Bastards. The rest you probably have to rent on Amazon. I think they're about three or four or five bucks for the more recent ones, but you can watch one at the time in Hollywood. Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction on that. And I think the only one that's not on Amazon to rent is uh, Death Proof, which is on Apple. My favorite Quentin Tarantino movie would have to be Pulp Fiction just because it was one of the first ones that I remember watching and being like, holy crap, this is an amazing movie. And also one that... I kind of got introduced to in a weird way because I'm also a huge Simpsons fan and there's a Simpsons episode where they spoof Pulp Fiction and I watched that Simpsons episode in that scene before I've ever seen the movie and then kind of going back and watching Pulp Fiction I was like oh I kind of get all those references now and like I was saying earlier there's such Quentin Tarantino references that I really made me like the movie more and then also in my top three, I would have to include *Inglorious Bastards and Django Unchained, which I just think are really great, solid ones and kind of show what he's really all about. Now, Quentin Tarantino really likes the old school spaghetti Western style, which I'm not the biggest fan of the entire time. Like, I, I think my least favorite one of his is probably The Hateful Eight, which I think he gets way too into it. But still a great movie. But these two are also back in the day, and I think just a really cool way of how he takes history and just skews one part of it to make it an entire story that is his own. Inglorious Bastard really does a really great job of that. And also Django Unchained just kind of takes that to a whole nother level. His most recent one, though, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think it's a great one to start with. Mainly because it's not as intense and brutal and violent as all of his other ones. It's a little kind of easier to watch in some of these and has a little bit more humor. Uh, Especially at a time right now, if you're not trying to watch anything super bloody and kind of intense. I think it's a good one to start with. There's still some violence towards the end that's a little more kind of brutal. But overall, I think one of his most visually appealing movies. One that will, out of all these, probably make you feel the best about everything. But that one, of course, you can only still rent. And again, I'm not paid to say this in any way, but JustWatch.com, if you just search Quentin Tarantino, it'll show you all of his movies and where to watch them. Mm
0: -hmm. This is
1: a tasty burger. And at number one, well, would it really be my list, being the superhero movie fan that I am and not include all of the Marvel movies, all 23 of them, I think it's a great time to watch them right now. And the reason I also put them at number one is that you can watch them all on Disney Plus if you have it. Except for the last Spider-Man movie, they're all on there for you to watch. And i you've probably seen at least the Avengers movies, maybe Iron Man, but I think it's worth it to kind of dive into all the characters and kind of get the entire feel for all the Marvel movies. And if you haven't seen any of the Marvel movies and you're intimidated by 23, here's what kind of what I recommend and kind of my kind of way to approach this, I haven't told anybody this uh, plan to watch these Marvel movies, but here's another way to watch it. I think you could almost just go through and watch all of the Avengers movies. I think you can get into all of them and understand what's going on and realize if this franchise is for you. And after watching those Avengers movies, you go through and find the characters you like the most and watch their individual movies because everybody has maybe two, sometimes three of their own individual movies. And I think that's a great way to go. And I know you don't get the full experience that way, but if you, I, I know 23 movies is a lot of time. I think if you watch them straight all the way through, it would take like three days, which is a lot and a big time investment. But the Avengers movies really stand alone as the best of them all. And if you like the characters from that mo- those movies, I think if you go through and pick your favorites, you still get a feel for them all. Maybe you miss some things here and there, but if you're intimidated by watching them all at once, I think that's another way to watch them. Uh, again, I didn't watch them that way. I watched them all in the order that they came out. And if there's th- if you want to hear a full episode that I did with Morgan Number Two from the Bobby Bones Show, we reviewed every single Marvel movie because she watched them pretty much in like two weeks of her last Christmas. So it is possible, but if it's a bit a big of a task for you, that's another way to try it. Um, some of my favorite movies, though, I love all the Spider-Man movies. Um, Homecoming and Far From Home are probably my favorites, just because I've been a Spider-Man fan forever, even back with like the Tobey Maguire movies. I even like the Amazing Spider-Man movies with Andrew Garfield. I'm just a big Spider-Man fan, and I think those are just the funnest of them all. And I just think Spider-Man is probably my favorite character. Of course, the OG Iron Man really kind of set the stage for the entire Marvel franchise. I think that's a really great one to go back and watch, even if you don't watch all the others. Black Panther, which doesn't even feel like a superhero movie, I think is just a great movie on its own and almost lives entirely outside of the entire MCU. That movie really stands on its own. And you can watch that one without really getting many spoilers or any kind of confusion of what's happening in that movie because it's all kind of contained in that movie And then my last favorite is really Guardians of the Galaxy. Also kind of stands alone because they're all kind of in their separate world. And I think out of all of them, they're a little more quirky. And I really like the aesthetic to these movies. They have like a cool color scheme. and The the soundtrack is really great. And the story is cool. I like the kind of some more sci-fi movies. So that kind of gives it that kind of aspect of like, it's kind of like a Marvel Star Wars take on that. So, that's kind of my recommendation of tackling the Marvel movies. Again, I would say watch all 23 movies, but if you don't have the time, kind of do this guerrilla style of diving into the movies and then going through and maybe watching your favorites. But, again, they're all available on Disney+, Plus except for that last Spider-Man movie, which you have to rent. So, that's why I put that at number one. Before AI can help your business predict demand,
0: paid by up-level rewards paid participation required actor portrayal attention all listeners are you ready to earn 750 dollars? well get ready because i'm about to introduce you to get 750.com the ultimate way to earn here's the scoop instead of just streaming shows or playing games on your phone for nothing you have the chance to earn additional cash That's right. From trying out new subscriptions to playing your favorite mobile games, you can get extra cash in your pocket. Simply sign up at Get750.com and follow the instructions to start earning immediately. So, what are you waiting for? Turn your favorite apps into real cash with Get750.com. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to earn rewards for things you're already doing on your phone. Check out Get750.com today. That's right. Get started right now at Get750.com. Just go to Get750.com or Google Get My 750 cash. Follow the simple instructions and get your $750. That's Get750.com. Get750.com. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there.
1: All right, so now I want to talk about Netflix Watch Party, which came out this week. And it's a way for you to watch movies with your friends and family. So it's not really released by Netflix. It's really just an extension on your internet browser. So it only works on Chrome. So if you're browsing the internet using Chrome, you can download this extension. So all you have to do is Google Netflix Watch Party. And about the second link down is the straight just download link to add the extension. You click download... And it'll add it there to your internet browser and you click on it and then it sends you through your Netflix and it creates a link for you to send out to your friends and family. They click the link and then you get it to where you're (laughs) synced up watching any movie you want. So there's one person who picks the movie and then you all get added into this link and you're all in this chat room together. Um, You have the ability to press play and pause and then you can just kind of sit there, watch the movie together and comment on the side and chat and I watched the movie over the weekend with my girlfriend. She picked the movie Saving Mr. Banks, which I hadn't seen before. It's the story about essentially the author of Mary Poppins coming over to the United States and working with Disney to create the movie, which I remember it didn't get such great reviews when it came out in theaters, which I was kind of, I didn't really know the story about the movie going into it. And it, I didn't, it's kind of weird to watch in a way that it's, not really about Mary Poppins it's about like the author of it and her story behind it and how that kind of story came to be which was interesting it was also cool to see Tom Hanks playing Walt Disney such an iconic person who never in our lifetime we really got to see alive so that part of it was cool I think overall the movie wasn't that great just because I don't know if it's a story that really needed a movie to be told maybe could have served as like a I don't know, a special or something. But overall, the watch party experience was pretty cool. I liked it. You can, I like the ability to be able to pause it and then be like, okay, I'll be right back. And you're typing throughout the movie and like commenting on stuff. It's a fun way that we're all looking for ways right now to kind of experience things with other people while staying at home. I think it's a great kind of uh, take on that. I do wish they kind of had maybe some other features with it, like the ability to add like a little like video chat on the side just so you could see some people, see some faces, especially if you're only watching with one person. I also wish you could create like a one main like party leader to it who only has the ability to pause it or not, you know, to keep the movie going because I would kind of like to do something like this with you guys who listen to this podcast and create a night where we all sit down and watch one movie together and we can all chat along. But the only problem is that I think if you send the link out anybody who clicks that can have the ability to hit pause or like skip ahead in the movie. So it's kind of like having to trust a bunch of people like, all right, we're all going to watch this movie, but you have to promise not to hit pause. You have to promise not to be a jerk in the comments because I don't even know if you can boot people out. So I think it's cool right now for friends and family. I would like to see something like this to where you could maybe just stream a movie all together with people all around the world. I think that would be cool. So, Overall, I think the service is a pretty cool step in that direction of being able to enjoy movies with people that you're not able to hang out with right now. And when it comes to saving Mr. Banks, I have to give it like 2.5 out of 5 Mickey Mouses. It is available on Netflix if that story kind of interests you at all. Just know that it's a little bit depressing, especially to watch right now. Um, But if you really love Disney and if you really love Mary Poppins and don't know the story about that, Could be interesting for you, but it was described as a heartfelt movie. And both me and my girlfriend agreed that we did not feel like it was heartwarming after we watched it. We kind of wanted to cry a little bit. So just know going into that, that's what I think about that movie. All right, now I'm going to get into my review. So what I'm going to be doing for the next few weeks is reviewing my top 10 movies of all time. Since right now I'm not going to the movie theater, I think it's a great time to kind of share movies that I've loved over my lifetime. Some of them recent, some of them not so recent, but I'll share these in the top 10 fashion, starting with number 10, which is a movie I've talked about a lot and I think is one movie that you should probably watch if you've never seen it. It's a movie called Drive from 2011, starring Ryan Gosling, Bryan Cranston from Breaking Bad, also Malcolm in the Middle, uh, Oscar Isaac, who is now in the new Star Wars movies, And Albert Brooks, who you may not know his face, but he's actually the voice of the dad on Finding Nemo, which is really kind of weird when you're watching this movie and realize it's his voice because he's doing some not-so-Disney things in this movie. But it's based on a book by James Salas, directed by Nicholas Winding, came out back in 2011, and has really stood the test of time as being one of my favorite movies of all time. I'll explain that why, but first, here's a little bit of Drive.
0: If I drive for you, you give me a time and a place. I give you a five-minute window. Anything happens in that five minutes and I'm yours, no matter what. I don't sit in while you're running it down. I don't carry a gun. I drive.
1: So what the movie is about is Ryan Gosling's character, who's a professional driver. He split his time between working at a mechanic shop as a mechanic And then he's also a Hollywood stuntman, but at night he moonlights as a getaway driver for criminals to do their heist. So they hire him. He kind of gives him his stipulations. He's like, hey, you have this amount of time with me. If you're not out in this amount of time, I'm gone. But he's a really skilled driver. He's also just a very mysterious guy of very few words. Even in the movie, he doesn't have a name. They just call him driver. Like he is credited as driver. And one day, he helps out his neighbor, who has a kid, and he finds out after he kind of develops feelings for her that her husband is in prison. He gets released from prison. He meets him and then finds out the kind of trouble he's actually in. Because while he was in prison, he got protection from mobsters to keep him safe while he was in there, and he got out. And suddenly, they want all this money from him, or they will come after him and his family, which is the neighbor that he's developed feelings for. So... Ryan Gosling in the movie being the great guy that he is agrees to help the guy out by robbing a pawn shop and things just kind of turn bad from there. And it kind of goes into how he protects his neighbor and her son, but overall the movie is a pretty much indie movie. It was made for about $15 million and ended up making 75 million worldwide. And You can't really tell from the look of the movie that it's a little bit more of a low budget because it has just this distinct feel and a distinct look and an overall tone that really kind of ups the quality of the movie. It's just hyper stylized and everything from like the violence in the movie to the music to just like the imagery in it, which I don't really talk about cinematography a whole lot, but it makes it look like it's from the 80s and kind of that time period, but still feel like it's in modern times right now. And I really like the development of Ryan Gosling's character in this movie because although he's a man of kind of few words in the movie, he's really like, I wouldn't say crazy or demented, but he has like this strange twist in his head that's something that just kind of clicks. Because while he is working with criminals and doing these getaway heists for money, you never really feel like he's a bad guy. You feel like he's doing it because... It's just something that he's good at. And really from the opening scene, the first heist that he ever does in the movie is kind of what it opens up with. It's such a cool scene and one of the greatest openings I've ever really seen. And throughout the movie, you just feel like he's trying to help these people rather than seeing him as a criminal. So I think you end up rooting for him, especially at the end when he kind of fights back against this mob. There's some really iconic scenes in the movie. One I've talked about before is the scene where they just go for a drive and The song is playing and it just kind of ties the entire movie in together and that move, that song comes in again at the end of the movie. And it's also a pretty quick movie, right around an hour and 40 minutes, so you can watch this in an afternoon. But I think if you're a fan of Ryan Gosling and kind of want to see him in a darker role, it's really worth checking out. I think overall the action is really great. It is a little violent at times and there's a bunch of language throughout the movie, so probably not one you can gather the entire family around and watch. But if you're looking for something to watch at night when everybody's asleep, I think it's a really great watch. I just watched it again recently to make sure it was a movie I could recommend as one of my favorite movies, and even though the fact that it came out in 2011, I still think it holds up. I still put it up there, so that is why it's my number 10 favorite movie of all time, and that has been my review of Drive. All right, gotta get into some movie news now, which is weird to get into looking back because I feel like every week it's just been something new, and it's kind of progressed so fast every week that it went from... James Bond getting delayed to movie theaters going to 50% capacity. And then even last weekend, I was going to go watch an end new Ben Affleck movie in theaters with my girlfriend. And we kind of decided, you know what? Maybe not the best time to go watch a movie right now. And that was before this week where they shut down every single movie theater pretty much in America. And it's just kind of crazy to see how fast this all happened and kind of the state of where movies are now. And, Basically, everybody's going to streaming or straight to rent is what they're kind of the model is now. It's just so crazy and chaotic. There's no really structure for it. Some movies are coming out on Tuesday. Other movies are just kind of coming out delayed. So it's there's really no schedule to it. I, I would kind of like them all to go to just to Friday. Just release brand new movies that were supposed to come out in theaters the same day on Friday. If they want to release... Maybe movies that had already been out in theaters and now are just kind of coming out quicker. I'm okay with keeping that to Tuesday. But if you're going to go just brand new movies that are supposed to come out, just kind of keep their same release date so we can kind of keep up with them. Because even looking at stuff now, I don't know what to watch. Like, I don't know what came out brand new. I don't know what I should kind of put my attention to, what everybody else is going to be watching. So I think keeping that kind of Friday schedule would be great. I do like that they're putting out things, you know, quicker now. I think that's a that's a great way just to kind of capitalize and really just adapt to what everybody's doing right now. I don't think it'll stay this way forever. I know some people have said, oh, this will be the downfall of movie theaters. I think right now, yes, it is the move. But overall I think movie going is still an experience. People wanna go out and experience things as as a family. You it's a it's an activity to get out of the house and go to a movie theater and watch a movie. Go out for dinner, go do something. like It's all a part of just the American culture of going out. So I don't think they'll go away forever. I think especially after now when we all just get tired of staying in our houses and watching things on home, at home, we're going to want to go out to a movie. We're going to want to go get popcorn and get a big drink and sit there and enjoy the movie on a big screen. Because while right now, yes, it is nice to get brand new movies straight in our homes, the movie experience for me, I don't think it's the same as, as in a movie theater because My TV isn't as big as a movie screen. I don't have the same audio quality. I think for me, that's a big part of enjoying movies is getting that full-on experience of the theater and it seeing how it was meant to be seen. Some movies just, even if they're okay in the movie theater, it heightens the experience, especially like with my favorite genre, superhero movies. In a movie theater, that's an experience of seeing everybody going there on opening night, a packed theater, everybody excited for it people laughing in the theater when something's funny, people cheering when something cool happens. That is part of movies, and that's what makes me love movies so much that I don't think that's ever going to go away, no matter how far advanced they get with the ability to get movies quicker in their homes. There isn't just a set way for like movie theaters to do this. Like Universal was kind of the first one to hop on this trend and get new movies straight to homes. And they even did something which was crazy for me to see, is one movie that was supposed to come out In theaters just switched and is going now straight to Netflix, which that's kind of (laughs) uncharted territory because these movies have kind of not really been a biggest fan of Netflix so far because it's you don't really make the same amount of money going on Netflix. So I thought that was crazy to see. Um, Another weird trend I'm seeing that's surprising to me is that drive in movie theaters are kind of seeing an uptick. Because mainly you can go watch a movie and stay in your car and still kind of get somewhat the same experience. My brother said there's one around his place that he lives in in Dallas that is offering movies at a little bit higher of a cost just because they can't sell concessions right now. So I think typically a double feature is like 10 bucks Right now it's 12 bucks, which is really a pretty great price to pay to go see a brand new movie. And you still kind of get that experience while staying in your car and while still kind of being safe about it. But I just still think that movie theaters will return. But for the time being, yes, we will adapt and watch movies at home. Um, I do have a list of kind of movies that are coming out right now straight to being able to watch them at home. Sonic the Hedgehog, which I reviewed uh, earlier this year, will be available uh, digitally starting on March 31st. And that'll only be to rent. So the thing about these movies coming out is it does cost 20 bucks to rent them brand new, which is a bit of a high price. But I guess if you're watching with your family and more than two or three people are watching this, it's probably less than you would spend going to a theater. For me, it's a little more expensive. I would spend probably 13, 14 bucks for a movie for a matinee. And now I'm shelling out 20 bucks to watch a brand new movie. But I guess I don't have to leave the house. I don't have to go anywhere. I guess if you factor in the money on gas, you do come out about the same on that for one person. Also, Onward, which I reviewed, is the Disney Pixar movie now available to rent. And it will be available on Disney Plus to stream on April 3rd. This Tuesday, you'll be able to rent some new movies for that 20 buck price. You got the Ben Affleck movie called The Way Back. The Harley Quinn movie, Birds of Prey, Bloodshot with Vin Diesel will all be available for you to rent on this Tuesday. Some movies that you can already watch now to rent are Emma, The Hunt, and The Invisible Man. Trolls World Tour will come out on April 10th for be able to stream digitally Also, on Tuesday, you'll have the drama Just Mercy. And if you haven't seen it yet, Frozen 2 is available on Disney+. And you can also rent Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, which was the last Star Wars movie released in that trilogy. That is available for you to download or stream for that $20 price. Hopefully, they'll get that on Disney+, Plus pretty soon, though. But those are all the new things you can watch right now. I still have to kind of dive into those a bit just because I feel the schedule has just been all over the place. What I'm looking forward to the most out of that list is The Way Back with Ben Affleck. And I'll probably get the chance to watch that this week and review it on next week's episode. So look forward for that. But that is all the movie news I have for this week. Before I go, got to give my shout out of the week. I'm staying over on Twitter this week because at Newman1371 tweeted me and said, Just over here quarantined waiting for Webgirl Morgan and Mike Diestro to come out with the Movie Mike's Movie Podcast Ultimate Star Wars Review, which is something we still have planned to do. I am kind of halfway through watching all the Star Wars movies. I know Morgan number two over the weekend just straight up binged them. So I kind of got to catch up a bit. I kind of stopped in the middle uh, just to keep up on newer movies, but I'll get back into those and watch all those. And then she will come on here and we'll do a new episode where we review everything with Star Wars movie. But thanks, everybody, for listening and downloading the podcast. I hope this episode gave you some movies to check out while we're all spending our time at home right now. Appreciate you hitting play. Appreciate you hitting download. If you want a shout-out, all you have to do is tweet me, at MikeDistro, or tag me in an Instagram story saying that you're listening to the podcast. Just shoot a screenshot of wherever you're listening to and tag me in that, and I'll... Repost those throughout the week and give someone a shout out on next week's episode. Until then, stay safe, everybody, and I will talk to you guys next week. Later.
0: State Farm and DJ Dramos from Life as a Gringo know that getting your money right brings freedom, empowerment, and future success.
1: It's like we have to unlearn, as we do in every other part of our lives, but financially unlearn a lot of the BS that we were taught that holds us back from getting the sort of lifestyle that we want and being able to live the comfortable, financially free lifestyle that I'm sure all of us are striving for. Like a good
0: neighbor, State Farm is there.